Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. So, this is the last episode of 2022 for me, and looking back on the year that was, I can say, without a doubt, that I was able to speak with some truly amazing people. From Tom Hanks to Gene Smart to Kiki Palmer to that moment that I spoke with Emmy Rossum about playing the Los Angeles billboard icon Angeline, and then the real Angeline called me to say she wasn't too happy with Emmy's portrayal. And the thing she said, wow, definitely go back and listen to that episode because that was a wild, wild moment. And my first breaking news one too. But there was one interview I did this year that I still look back on with so much glee and joy when I was able to chat with Bette Midler about Hocus Pocus 2. Now, yes, I am a fan of Hocus Pocus, the original and the sequel, but really, I'm just a mega fan of Bette Midler's. So to be able to speak with her about her film, her career, her memories of the First Wives Club, of the 50th anniversary of her debut album, I mean, I was just speechless and I continue to be speechless, which is a problem because this is a podcast and words are kind of my thing. So. To end the year, I'm re-releasing our chat. It's a fantastic way to usher in 2023. Who will top my chat with Bette Midler? I guess you'll just have to keep listening to find out. And stay tuned to the end of the episode because I might just reveal who you can look forward to early in the new year. I don't know. Stick around for that. You might want to. Before I give the floor over to Bette, because, you know, it's Bette Midler. She deserves it. I just want to thank you so much for listening this year. It's been a joy to share my conversations with all of you. I'm not good at, well, most things, but one of the few things I am very good at is talking. So thank you for listening. Now, grab a snack because I'll be right back with Bette Midler. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I have to say, before I even ask you a question, that you are, you, you, so much of you has informed me as a person and as a performer. Like I, I, before every performance, I listen to Bang Your Dead from Live at Last. It's like the song I have to listen to from you. And I, I can't say brawl without saying over the shoulder boulder holder. Like you are, you've been such a huge influence. And I wanted to know, like, how does that feel to be such an icon in so many people's lives? Well, you know, I just something I don't think about, but I'm really flattered and happy that you feel that way. And I and you look like you're having a great time. So <laughs> I must have done something right, which is, you know, always, always so gratifying. Yeah, I mean, you I, you definitely have done many things right. And I have to say also with this film, with Hocus Pocus, the original film, I, on Friday, July 16th, 1993, I had my mother pull me out of school to see the very first showing of Hocus Pocus at De Pair 14 tonight. I had to see it before anyone else. It, oh, that's funny. It was, well, I mean, because you have been such a huge influence on my life that literally that film, it was perfect. I loved Halloween. I loved you. And 
did you ever think that a sequel to the original would happen? Well, I'll tell you the truth. I was uh, lobbying for it about, it started about 10 years. Once it got legs, which was about 10 years on, maybe eight years on, mm-hmm. uh, once, once it started having, growing into this phenomenon, uh, I started lobbying for um, a, a sequel. And of course, I got nowhere until just like a couple of years ago. And then people, all of us really pitched in. Sarah did, Kathy did. We all felt like we, you know, it deserved a second life. And um, we started, you know, I started right, like I said, I started not that long after it was, it was, it, it had opened because we started seeing that something was happening. We couldn't quite figure it out, why, figure out why, but it was, there was no denying that there was something going on. And as the years went by, it got crazier and crazier. And I must say, I have to say, you know, a big, huge that thank you and a huge shout out to all the fans that basically made it happen. Mm-hmm. If it hadn't been for them, uh, we would we never would have done it. I, we never would have been given the, the the green light to do it. Yeah, it's I mean, it is so interesting how because I know the original they the Disney released it in the summertime and it wasn't near Halloween and it was sort of right. it was all yeah. over the and I remember being very angry as a child being like why is this not out at Halloween this is my Halloween moment <laughs> and even at the Disney parks going up in like 2000 being very angry they weren't selling ho- Hocus Pocus merch at the parks like I, I told well, someone somebody was selling a Hocus Pocus merch yeah because I, when I started seeing it online I was absolutely dumbfounded yeah I couldn't believe it I think at one point I needed it for I needed the costume and I couldn't get my hands on the costume. I usually I often keep my clothes from shows, but this time uh, we were not. No, Disney does not allow that. They put everything back in stock. Yeah, and uh, I was trying to get my hands on the costume, and someone said to me, "Oh, you don't have to go to them. Just go online." <laughs> and I went online, and I tell you, my mouth fell open. Yeah. I had no idea that this was going on. And I think that I called my agent or I called, call my agent. I <laughs> called somebody and I said, this is crazy. Did you know this was happening? And I'm, as, as I, my, as if memory serves me, they didn't. And the more you dug into the internet, the more you saw that there was this, this madness. Yeah. About those three characters mm-hmm. and um i i you know tried to use it as uh, kind of a an impetus for the studio to say to give us another shot at it but yeah. i, I ne- we never really got anywhere until a couple of years ago and they i guess you know they i i don't know really i don't know them anymore i i knew yeah. them i knew the bob Iger crowd uh i knew the bob Iger crowd but this new crowd i didn't i don't know them and uh i i you know i don't know yeah. You know, things, everything changes, and these days it happens. Things change so fast, yeah, uh, that it's kind of hard to keep up. But I'm re- we're really gratified that we got the chance to take another crack at it. And according to uh, many people at the studio who have called, um, when the three witches appear uh, at these uh, on the screen in this new version, it is as if Elvis has entered the building. <laughs> they say it is so nuts and i mean i mean i when i hear this i don't i mean i of course i smile and i chortle but i it's so it's so much fun yeah i i i really do hope they like it they've been so good over the last 30 years and i hope this i hope this meets their expectations 
I have to say, I think part of the reason, because I was part of those rabid fans who, since the film came out in 1993, I've been begging for something for more of it. And I think one of the things that that really led to the fandom is the internet. I mean, if you think about it, social media, the internet wasn't really a thing in 1993 that that people yeah. could sound off. But once yeah. social media happened, people were sound. You Hocus Pocus and you and Hocus Pocus is so memeable. You are so. It's the it's so high camp gif that it's it's we we needed that and, and I think the the fans really spoke in that way by sharing it online every year throughout the year you know I agree. I agree and so I so more kudos and more shout outs and more thank yous to to the people who took it to their hearts and really um, I've never had that kind of phenomenon I I would like for them to go back and see every other movie I made. <laughs> See if they can do the same thing. Oh, well, I <laughs> See can if tell- they can push me over the top. <laughs> I can tell you I have, and I will lead that oh. change.org charge. Thank you. Um, well, that, that's great. Thank you very much. But I do have to say, like, it's, it is one of those things where, sure, everyone can want a sequel to an iconic film that there's a huge fandom for, but... It's a scary prospect in a lot of ways because it, it can be a hit or a miss. It can some sequels really fly and some don't. And did yeah. you have any nerves going into it about how to make it right? Um we worked really hard. We worked pretty closely with the producer um uh who was generating information to the you know, sending information or notes back to the writer. Um um we 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 worked on it but did we have any qualms i don't think we had any qualms until we actually um got into the gear and 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 looked at each other and said what does this mean mm-hmm. you know i mean it was once we got in, you know once we started acting uh it was exactly as if it, we had n- 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 not even a week had gone by from yeah. the last one uh it was instant we just went right back into our old characters and went right back into our old relationships but you know during the pre-production process you do have qualms mm-hmm. of course you have doubts every artist has doubts but you kind of have to put them aside and you have you know because you've now you have signed on you've committed mm-hmm. and once you're committed you have to take it to the you have to take it to the end. You have to see it through to the end to the best of your ability. And that's one of the things that I like about um, my, my life and my work and my, um, and, and my business is that, you know, once you're committed, you, I've always, my motto has always been, you know, excelsior, yeah. onward. And so um, we, we, you know, we had our doubts, you know, not doubts, but second thoughts, but yeah. especially because it was COVID. Yeah. And you didn't really know what that meant. Mm-hmm. And we found out and it was it was enormous. Mm. It was it really really enormous. There was we didn't know uh we thought oh as long as we keep it to ourselves and we have our masks on everything will be okay. It didn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, people got sick. There was there were quarantines. There was testing almost every day. There were um you know severe restraints and severe restrictions. So that was really more the doubt part. Mm-hmm. That was what what gave us qualms more than anything else. Not the script, not the not the costumer, big shout out to Sal. Yeah. Uh not the, the production design, nothing like that, but mostly what does this mean in terms of safety, in terms of human safety? Mm-hmm. And uh and and so that's the, that, that was where it, where we landed on that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I must say, we I must say, through it all, even though there were, uh, you know, there were there were illnesses and there were quarantines and there were reschedulings because of sickness, mm-hmm. even we kept marching marching on. And I have to say, I have to give a big shout out also to the director and to to Anne Fletcher and to Lynn Harris who shepherded us uh, through it and who never lost sight of the final goal and yeah. whose spirits always remained high no matter what happened. And you know, stick to itiveness. And I mean, really, literally, if you need a job done, give it to a woman to do. Yes. And really, they really came through for us. They really did. When I heard that Ann Fletcher was being was the director, I because I loved the proposal, and I think she's such a genius, comedic, campy director that mm-hmm. she she gets it. And I was so it just felt when she was signed on with all of you as well. It just felt right. It felt like it was in safe hands in a lot of ways. Yeah, I have I've known her for a long time, but I've never worked with her, and so I wasn't exactly sure uh, which way the it was going to land. But the the good thing about her is that she's a choreographer, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's never a, a, a fault in her staging, and there's never a fault if you say I don't know what what the what 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 do I move like? What does the move look like? Yeah. She could tell you. She could just pull it out of her hat. So, you know, that was a great, great help to, to her timing is impeccable. And that for me, that was a big help. Yeah. A, a really big help. Yeah. When the original was released, I remember it being kind of a surprise because I wasn't, I hadn't read a lot about it. I mean, of course I was a kid, so I wasn't aware of a lot of things, but I, I remember it being sort of a surprise. And then I remember, I distinctly remember being very angry that none of my friends at school had seen it and it, it made me livid and now it's a totally different experience with hocus pocus too there's so much anticipation going into it and you know you can't even see the film like that's how like it's i'm so eager to see it and it's is the when the original came out were you disappointed by the i guess lack of because it seemed like it would be a film that would be really big and and it sort of became a cult fan favorite over the years are, were you surprised at the lack of sort of enjoyment of it in the original when the original film was released? And are you happy now that there's so much anticipation? And does it that does that cause you any stress? It doesn't cause any stress at all. None, none at all. No, no stress. I have to say, 30 years ago when it first came out, I was disappointed because we had worked really hard on it. It was. Uh, uh, um, it was a lively experience. It was fun. The people we worked with, Kenny and Peggy Holmes and that whole crowd at Disney, they were absolutely fantastic. The set design was every day we would come, we came, every day that we came to a new set, we would mm. just like, we would, it was jaw droppingly beautiful. Yeah. And, um, uh, we flew and so we had this great, we had this great experience and we expected it to be translated into the response. And when it wasn't, it was a, actually, I do have to say it was a, a, a big disappointment. Yeah. But five years on, uh, after it went on, went, after it migrated to television and, and, you know, the year after that and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, it was amusing. It was bemusing, <laughs> I have to say. I was, I watched it with a kind of like, not just i don't know how to explain it it was it was surprised but it was also um i don't know how to explain it it was it was a slow burn in a lot of ways it was a slow burn and what do you say for a slow burn what the heck is going on yeah that's all you can say is what the heck is going on i wish they had noticed it you know when it first landed but you have to be so grateful in this life you're so grateful when anything finds its own finds its sea legs, you know, when anything yeah. finds, when any, any work that you do finds its audience, it's just a thrill. Yeah. I have to say. 
And I know that everyone who works in uh, this field and everyone who works in any form of art at all is always so grateful when someone says, we understand it, we, go, mm-hmm. and we understand what it is you were going for, and we really appreciate we really appreciate your work. That's great. There is nothing more, more, more thoroughgoing. There's nothing more, more thrilling. Yeah. That people understand and when people appreciate. There's nothing like it. There's yeah. nothing like. It. Well, so considering that it is so highly anticipated and that you know, like any journalist covering it cannot see it, which is I think one of my favorite things about a film like this that it is so tightly wrapped. How? What can people expect from Hocus Pocus two? Well, they have, we have these, we have three new witches, Mm. three gorgeous new witches. And when I say gorgeous, I mean gorgeous, (laughs) uh, very young. Uh, who have not, who don't know what their story is. They don't know that they're witches. They're, they, uh, the usual, you know, the, the, the typical, not typical, but the, you know, the tradition of the virgin lights the candle. Mm. We have that. And so it's, it's, it's quite wholesome. It's, there's no, you know, families don't have to be afraid. Um, um, but there are also, there's also a little bit of a backstory mm. to it. We have the, 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 we have Winnie and, uh, Sarah and Mary as children. I, I hope I'm not giving anything away. So you have that. You have the, you have your origin story, your backstory, and you have uh, the 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 very contemporary story mixed in with the with the w- return of these three uh, <laughs> these three crazies. So that's all I can say about them. Yeah, it's a, it's a big mix. It's a big mix, and I think they did take a lot of. Um, I think they read their the the information coming from the fans mm. really closely, and I think that they were not just surprised, but I think it. I don't want to say they were led, but they were. There was some influence there. I really do think there was some influence there. I mean, and that's so important in a film like this, which is so fan. I mean, you know, opening day. As soon as it gets on Disney Plus, I'm I'm going to stay up late to watch it. Like, I mean, <laughs> just like I did when I was a kid and got pulled out of school so I could see the first showing. I have to see it at twelve oh one as soon as that drops. Well, you know more about it than I do. <laughs> yeah. It's dropping at, at midnight? I, I assume so on streaming. It said it was coming on Disney+, Plus, so I assume at 12.01, I'm going to be up late that night. And that's okay oh, with okay. me. That's fine. Oh, um, okay. I do have to ask you. So, like, you – I had an interview with Tom Hanks not long ago, and I, I, I said that, like, he and you are two of the most quotable film stars because so many of your moments in film history – are they're they're iconic quotes from you know from beaches from first wives club hocus pocus like there are so many so many quotes from you what is one that fans come up to you and quote to you often what do you get stopped for a lot huh what a good question well i what another glorious morning makes me sick always get (laughs) i always get that and i always get marvelous (laughs) marvelous i always get that yeah Um, i don't know i i it's been a long career i have to say very very long so yeah yeah it happens more than it happens a lot but not not as much as you'd think because i'm not really out and about all that much yeah but still that mm-hmm. makes that makes sense. Well, speaking of sequels, there is one, and your other films. I mean, I I distinctly remember as a kid seeing Beaches and wondering and thinking, I want to be your character. Like I wanted your character's career in general. Like I wanted her life, and it was so that started my you know obsession with you. And then when I saw First Wives Club, that has become 
the gay anthem for every, I mean, as a queer person, I can say this, that is our North star. That is our, that, that film is our everything. And I think after Hocus Pocus two, and we get that from you, which is something we've been dying for. Will there ever be a reteaming of you, Goldie and Diane? Cause that's something that we really need. I, I, we, you know, we tried really hard. We, we all got together and we, you know, we lobbied as people do, but we didn't get anywhere. And I think there was something, I don't know, there's something at the studio, it was Paramount, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, there was something, something going on with, I don't know, they didn't, did Scott Rudin or mm. the studio, I don't know, there was something, we never really got to the bottom of it. Uh, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's possible. Uh-huh. I don't think it's possible. Well, we can hope at least. Maybe, maybe. If- you know, I, I do have to say that, that women have a much harder time mm. than men with these uh, franchises. Women, there are no female franchises that I can think of. Can you? No, I can't think of any either. No, there are no female franchises. There are tons and tons of male franchises and, you know, Marvel and DC comic franchises, but there are no female franchises. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would love to see a sequel to Bridesmaids. Yeah. uh, But, uh, you know... Exhausted wives, or yeah. you know, you know, <laughs> exhausted mothers, or something like that. But yeah. uh, so far, nothing. And I don't know. You know, the the one thing I did note at when First Wives Club came out, and it was such a big, big hit. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I did note was that across the board, the in the business, they said, "Oh, it was a fluke." What? Yep, that's what they said. It's a it's a fluke. If you said to them, we'd like to do a sequel, they say, oh, you can't do a sequel. That was just a fluke that three women had a hit. And I mean, there were th- not long after that. And I'm, I don't remember when the uh, Cher, Angelica Houston, was it? Susan Sarandon, Witches movie came oh, out. Oh, that was 87 for Witches of Eastwick. Oh, yeah. That was Witches of Eastwick. Yeah. They had a hit too. They had a huge hit. Yeah. And they didn't, they never went, they never got to do a, a sequel either. So, yeah. I mean, it seems to be the time of sequels now. It's been building for a, for quite a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the one hand, it, you know, on the one hand, I think it's, it can be great. But on the other hand, it's also a stifling of creativity. Yeah. Because the fewer original uh, pictures that you have, the worse your the 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 more you're cheating your audience. Mm. The audiences should be allowed to grow, and should be allowed new experiences, new characters, new uh, horizons mm. uh, in terms of entertainment. And I I sometimes feel that by retreading the same old you know by trotting out the same old characters year after year after year, you know you you dilute the the uh, audience's experience mm. and they always wind up comedies anyway even if it's the most serious yeah. you know cartoon in the world eventually yeah. they wind wind up sending themselves up because how many sequels can how many batmans yeah. can you do yeah so i don't know it, it it's funny it's yeah. it's very odd and they don't really talk about it much but i personally feel that um i personally feel that that it's cheating it's yeah. cheating in a way yes so I have two more questions for you and one that it pleases me so much because it's an album that is an important album for me that I listen to probably monthly and it's the 50th anniversary of it is The Divine Miss M which had of course it was the start of your career it radically changed so much of I think probably your life in a lot of ways and I I want to know are you are you surprised at how relevant because I was looking at the track list of course I know it by heart but I was looking at the track list and so many of the songs are 
pretty iconic songs that people still perform to, sing, listen to today. Are you surprised at how relevant it's remained and how popular it is all these years later? The songs are timeless. Uh, You know, eternal expressions, uh, eternal emotions, uh, you know, uh, situations that happen to most people that most people can relate to. So I think they're, yeah, I think they're, universal in a way there is uh, all songs about the human experience and the human condition so um i'm just i'm i'm thrilled i didn't know it was the 50th anniversary oh my god i better <laughs> call the label i had no idea yeah i read it's november i think it was released in november of of 72 no kidding thanks for the information you pay much more attention to my career than i do uh <laughs> i actually do i have a google alert don't worry i'm so glad I'm, can, is there anything i can send you can i send you something please you can send me whatever you want i will gladly oh, I, take I, I, let me dig around and see what i can find i'll send something really good um um where am I? Where am I? So uh, iconic, yes. So those songs, I knew those songs. I wrote, worked on those songs with Barry and the the our our band for years. We were we toured on those songs. We, you know, we played bars with on those songs. And when the album finally came out, those songs were so polished and so. Uh, so uh, beautifully arranged, and so you know, we knew those songs inside. Then we knew every every note, every wrinkle of those songs. So yeah. uh, it's not; it wasn't surprising to me that it was uh, that it's still played today. I only wish that all the rest, the other songs that I, all the other records that I have, and some of them are fab fantastic, mm. uh, had the same impact. You know, some of them were great, some of them were not that great. Yeah. It depended on whether they were, you know, on your. T- tail to you know they needed the product or not sometimes mm. you had to succumb to that it was a very checkered uh, recording career and some of it i love and some of it i'm not very fond of so mm. uh but in the other in the rest of the world i did oh i i was fine i was happy with with some, with, with, with my work i love the uh, many of the movies i made i really love and and many of the shows i did almost all the shows yeah that i did that i directed myself and that tony basil helped me with and my team jerry blatt and you know, Sean Farmer and Eric Kornfeld, my cr- my crew. Yeah. Most of those shows were absolutely fantastic. Your Vegas show, your Ve- I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I moved, I moved to Los Angeles, and the first thing I did was I rented a car and I drove to Las Vegas to see your show at at Caesars. It was very important to me. <laughs> Before it was a great show. It was a beautiful, beautiful show. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it was a beautiful show. And so many of the shows that I did were so stunning mm. and so moving. And I mean, I mean, I think that really is my, I don't want that, to, that's really where I, my, that's my happy place. That's mm. really where I live. Yeah. On the stage in front of, you know, 25,000 people. It's, I, I, I don't think, I've, I've, I've so rarely have made a wrong move. Yeah. And uh, that's just instinct and, and, uh, and uh, not just instinct, that's craft. That's what I, that's really where I live. Yeah. So I have a lot to be proud of in, in a 50 year long career. And um, I've had a couple, I've had serious blips along the way, serious <laughs> snags along the way. But the, you know, it's, it's a matter of keep, you know, picking yourself up and going on, yeah. which I have to say is, you know, stick, sticking around mm. longevity you know yeah I, I i'm really proud i'm really proud of myself i'm proud of everybody that worked with me i'm proud of you know the fact that i was able to make so many people happy at once and uh 
I have to say, I'm giving my own eulogy. I love this. I love it. I know. I well, I have one last question for you that I have to ask before we close things. Is so you? I mean, of course, you know me. I'm. I'm. You know now. I'm a huge fan. But you have. You've been so outspoken throughout your career, and so many of the things you tweet go viral. And you are. You're. You're a really. You're a thought-provoking person and, and nuanced in so many ways. And I want to know what, like, considering the state of the world right now, which is a mess. What is on your mind? What's sort of keeping you up at night? What's something that you're thinking about a lot right now? Well, of course, you know, it's such a pylon. There's so many different crises coming at you, coming at everybody from all directions. And I think the internet has exacerbated, the internet and social media have exacerbated Mm. uh, the stress that everyone is under. There's eight, there are 8 billion people in the world and every one of them has a microphone yeah. or a megaphone or a bullhorn. And they're all talking at once. Mm. And the stress of so much noise and so much, not just noise, but actual crisis, mm. actual crises is more than a person can bear. You know, in the old days, you knew 200 people. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people. Mm. And it's, I don't think human beings have adjusted to it yet. And it, it that more than anything else, I think, being able to separate the truth from fiction mm. is the thing that keeps me up at my, night most of all. The fact that people no longer know what tr- the truth is, is the most devastating thing. Mm. And everything else uh, takes a backseat to that because if you cannot agree... Uh, On the facts. On the facts. If you yeah. cannot agree to the truth then there is, it's only going to be when they, you know, they used to call it deconstruction, but it's not deconstruction. It's plain, it's de, it's destruction. Mm-hmm. It's not deconstruction. It's destruction. Yeah. And uh, I think that, uh, as my friend says, human beings are determined to make, to make, to, to make themselves extinct. And, wow. um, and um, that's what keeps me up at night. Yeah. Well, you keep me up at night in entertainment and I thank you so much for for doing this has been a real honor of mine and I, I there was one time a years ago I thought I swear to god I thought I saw you driving up Canyon Boulevard where I lived in Los Angeles at the time and you had this this green Prius and I I remember me. was it you cuz I remember yeah. yelling out at you cuz I looked at you and I was like is that Bette Midler I was like I think you're Bette Midler and then you drove off obviously cuz you know I'm it would be terrifying to <laughs> have that happen but it was it was such a moment that I continue to tell people and I'm so glad I have this moment now to tell you <laughs> Well, thank you. Yes, that is my green Prius, and it is a famous car it is. amongst the valets in L.A. Because <laughs> no matter what garage you you pull into, they always say, "How did you get that car? Yeah. How did you get that color? How did who? How did where did you get that car?" Yeah, and I say, "Well, it's a Prius." And my husband, as a birthday present, gave it to me as a birthday present. It's a Prius. It's a hybrid, yeah. and he had it painted for me. And he redid the upholstery. Now everyone's going to say, "Oh, that bitch! She's, you know, she's spending her money on a Prius. That bitch! How dare she!" My husband gave it to me as a birthday present. It was. It's a gorgeous car, mint green, I think. Right? No, it's not mint green. It is Porsche. Oh, Porsche. Nineteen fifty-five green oh, wow. that he researched, and he got someone to do for me. And he redid the upholstery too. Wow. And when I first got it, I was so thrilled 
I mean, it's the best b- birthday present I ever got in my entire life. Yeah. I was so thrilled. And I showed it to people, and they were, like, not thrilled. <laughs> they didn't think. They were like, I don't know what they thought. But I was, I, I mean, my husband, he is the greatest. Yeah. And, um, wow. And yes, and I'm, I am, a, like, uh, I'm an icon to the, to, uh, to, to the, the parking people at, to, uh, yeah. to the parking garage attendants. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I, I saw, I saw it. I was like, that's such a strange color for a car. I love it. And then I saw you and I literally died. So, yes, thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really, really appreciate it. It's made oh, my, my day, my fun. year. This was great fun. I'm going to, you've been a doll. It's been wonderful to see you. Thank you. And I have, I'm going to find you some swag if it kills me. Oh my God. That would, I would, you're going to make me cry. Thank you so much. All right. You're so welcome, darling. See you soon. And I hope, I hope it does go as well. Keep your fingers crossed. It will. I know it will. I'm manifesting it. Okay, great. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. So you just heard my favorite chat of 2022. What am I looking forward to in 2023? Well, first off, I'll be speaking with Allison Williams very, very soon about her new film, Megan, which is wild, and the trailer went viral, and it's it's just, what a ride. I'll also be speaking with Octavia Spencer. That chat is going to be so much fun. I've already done it, and it's it's just, it's great. I can't wait for you to listen to it. And, of course, special episodes dedicated to hot-button topics. I'll be doing more of those next year. So there's so much to look forward to. Just Make sure you're subscribed and tell your friends to listen because I like new friends. I'm very popular with new friends if you introduce me. You have to introduce me first. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. You can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review. And you know, share, share it on social media and tag me. For more on the latest news and podcasts, go to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all of the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek.com, subscribe to Newsweek's For the Culture newsletter. Until then, watch something fun and have a great New Year's or year. You never know what to say, New Year's or year. Maybe I am bad at talking. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.